guys are so kind. Everybody's seated. I uh, I don't know what to say other than uh, it's been a, a great journey. I, I really want to thank so much, so many people. I want to first of all thank my wife, Holly, sticking with me, <laughs> getting up early on Sundays, getting things together, but also Pastor Jake and Missy. Uh, Pastor Chuki, where mon- many of you don't know him, if you're new, because he's at one of our churches in Platteville every Sunday morning now. Also, Pastor Jared and Melissa. It's always good to see a ministry continue, and it takes good men and women of God committed to make that happen. But also, we've had a number of pastors that have come and been part for a period of time and and been a real blessing, but also for the team of congregation. You guys really, some just step up so much that we've uh, appreciated it because we wouldn't be here today and our daycare and our school would not be here if it wasn't for so many of you guys and the willingness to see this building transformed into another whole activity Monday through Friday. And so uh, what, a, what a blessing it is. So I was thinking, I always like to start out with, uh, you know, kind of something funny. I don't know how funny it is, but yesterday was, was a Kentucky Derby for those who uh, know that and wear hats and so forth. But uh, there was a, a man, he was quietly reading the newspaper while eating his breakfast and all of a sudden, his wife came up behind him and hit him with the frying pan in the back of the head. And, and he says, what was that all about? And she says, well, I found this note, and it said Mary Lou on it. And he says, oh, that's nothing. That's the horse I bet on all the time. And, and she says, well, I am so sorry. I, I saw this note, and I, I thought that... Uh, it was something else, and so she apologized. And a couple of days later, he's eating breakfast and reading the newspaper again, and she comes up behind him with a bigger frying pan and whaps him on the head. And finally, he wakes up, and he says, what's all that about? And she says, your horse called. <laughs> I guess I did it right, all right. <laughs> there is something we did for, I don't know, many, many years, and uh, we haven't done it, and things have changed so much, but we used to do, uh, it was called the Bible Pledge. And uh, let's do that today. So let's stand. Now, what's so different is many of you don't have Bibles anymore. You got... <laughs> You got that, uh, I guess I left my cell phone in the other room, but uh, you hold, well, you hold up your cell phones, no. <laughs> or hold up your Bibles. Okay, let's read it together. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. Today I will receive the incorruptible, indestructible, 
ever-living seed of the Word of God, and I'll never be the same. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Notice, you can be seated, notice it says that you're going to remain alert. I used to have people fall asleep, and so after we started that, people felt guilty because they said they already confessed that they would be alert. So I want to share with you something on my heart, and that is you can be the one to set your family on a new course. You know that? You can start a blessing. Actually, that's a picture of my granddaughter. You know, uh, she was a track uh, star down in Arizona. But you can start a blessing. You can start freedom. You can start wholeness. You can start a victory. When you make a decision to honor God, when you are generous and when you are faithful, not only will your life be more rewarding because of your faithfulness, but because of your faithfulness, obedience is being credited to your children's account, to, to uh, those that you have mentored, to their account, to your grandkids and to your future generations. The decision that you make does not just affect our lives, but it affects generations to come. It's important to know that. The way that you live can make your children and those around you better, or you can make it more difficult. You can be a stepping stone to help those to greater things, or you can be a stumbling block to hold people back. You choose what you are going to do. No person lives and dies unto himself. The favor that you're walking in today didn't just happen because of you. Somebody went before you sowing seed so you could be blessed. Can you say amen to that? Maybe it was a praying mom. Maybe it was a praying father. Maybe it was a praying grandmother or a grandfather. Or maybe somebody that you have never even met. They gave, they served, they planted. Now you're reaping the harvest. The same way negative things can do things that we're de maybe you're dealing with, negative things. With maybe someone has put you down. Maybe you're dealing with addiction or anger or depression but the good news is maybe it didn't start with you but let me tell you it can stop with you can you say amen amen you can be the one to start the new course you can start a blessing you can start freedom you can start wholeness you can start that victory when you make a decision to honor God when you're generous and when you're faithful, your life will only be more rewarding and more fulfilling. Your faithfulness, your obedience is being credited to your children's account, to your grandchildren's account, and to future generations. Just like the negative that gets passed down, how much more the positive? We hear a lot about generational curses. 
But there's something called a generational blessing. Can you say amen to that? That's what I focus on and what God has for us. God keeps an account of everything you do. Times you forgive when you could be bitter. Times when you give your best and yet no one acknowledges. That's not being overlooked, but you're accumulating mercy you're accumulating favor, you're accumulating a blessing, and you're putting it into your family's account. Grandchildren who are not even born, great-great-grandchildren that you maybe will never ever meet, because of you, they will be born with a blessing. They'll be born with a blessing in their lives because you started a blessing. You took the high road. This should challenge each and every one of us to live a life of excellence, to live a life of faithfulness, to live a life of generosity. I want my descendants, and I pray that you do too, to do greater things because of me, not in spite of me. Our children have enough already to overcome in life. I hope that I can help putting others further down the road. I hope you can help others and take them to a new level. In Genesis 14, 14 through 20, Abraham had learned about his nephew, Lot, and that Lot and his workers had been captured by some bandits. And Abraham called his men together and said, Hey, listen, we got to go help our nephew Lot. So they chased down those bandits. In the middle of the night, they, they attacked them from all sides and they rescued Lot and his family and all of his possessions. But not only that, they were able to get the spoils from the enemy. It was a great victory. And as they were returning, Melchizedek, the high priest, met Abraham to congratulate him in verse 20, it says, And then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. It's the first place in Scripture that we see the tithe, 10% of our income. Abraham didn't have to do that. It was not required. But you see, Abraham was a giver. It was a nice thing to do. But let me tell you, there's something far more significant than that. Watch this. Abraham had a son, Isaac. Isaac had a son, Jacob. Jacob had a son named Levi. Levi was four generations from Abraham. In the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, it says that Levi paid tithes to Melchizedek through his ancestor, Abraham. Now, when Abraham gave that tithe, Levi was not even born. But the seed in Abraham's booze, our loins was, was passed on. Abraham gave the gift. His great-grandson he had never met was credited to paying those tithes. Levi came out of the womb with a blessing. He had nothing to do with because Abraham started a blessing. The scripture says in Malachi, when you tithe your income... When you tithe, you're generous. Malachi 3.10 says, 
I will throw open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much you cannot contain. Not just in your life, but generations to come. Because you have honored God. Because you do the right things when it's hard. Your descendants are born with an advantage. Because you have started favor. Because you have started freedom. Because you have started abundance. Don't get talked out of giving. Don't get talked out of going the high road. Don't get talked out of being faithful. I think of my story and my life. In the second week that I got saved, I started tithing. You know, today my kids and my grandkids do. Matter of fact, a seven-year-old, when he gets money, if I give him a $10 bill, he doesn't want a 10, he wants a five and and five ones, so he can set aside his tithe. You know, the reason Capilan, I believe, has continued for all these years is that we have, every year, we have not ever missed at least giving 10%, and, and most of the time, far more than that, uh, to missions every year. We, you know, we didn't have to, but it honors God. We have started Hispanic churches. We've started churches all over the world, all over in many, many, many countries, Africa, continent, the Philippines, Asia, Central America, Europe. Matter of fact, just last week, Holly and I sent $500 to Pakistan. There's a church over there that we're helping support and, and uh when, when in, pa in Pakistan, it's a Muslim nation. And so when, when someone gets saved uh, to Jesus Christ, a lot of times they lose their job because uh, they, they, uh, Muslims won't hire them. And so we bought five sewing machines so they could start uh, making an income. What God has in mind is much bigger than anything that you or I can contain. Much bigger. What you can't contain will flow over to the next generation to follow and will spill over and over. Let me show you how powerful this is. Levi, remember Levi had some problems in life. His sister was taken advantage of by a man by the name of Shechem who lived in another city. And Levi was angry because uh, this guy had taken advantage of his sister and so he wanted revenge, and so he took others, and he went to that city where this man was living, and he killed all the men, just, just wiped them out. And so now what happens is his, his father, Jacob, is so upset. He's upset because uh, what has happened is when Jacob is looking at this, and he's saying, I, I can't pass things on to him. I'm going to pass over him. He says, because, Levi, I want to do something for you, but i got to pass over because you have been disobedient, because you have shed so much blood, so you and your descendants will be cursed. It looked like Levi had lost the blessing. He had lost the favor because of poor choices. But years later, Moses comes down from the mountain. He was just setting up the Ten Commandments with God, and he gets down from the mountain, 
and he finds that the people have built a golden calf. And they're worshiping this golden calf. Moses gets angry, and he says, who's on the Lord's side? Who's going to take a stand? And the scripture says, the sons of Levi stood up and said, we're on the Lord's side. After being cursed by their, grand, their father, after Levi's mistakes, thinking that they had too much against them to even overcome, but five generations back, their great-great-grandfather honored God. Abraham gave and sacrificed. It was all credited to their account. And Moses said, from now on, you will be the priest and you will have the highest position. In the book of Genesis, they were cursed by their grandfather, but in the book of Leviticus, the Levites were the most blessed and honored people. This generation, this generational blessing will override mistakes that you have made. I say praise God for that. Amen? Because I've made many in my life. Since you have started the blessing... Generations to come will be blessed, will be honored, even if they don't deserve it. It will supersede things that were set against you. You might have children or grandchildren or people that you have touched have gotten off course. And that has happened. They've made poor decisions. They've come... Uh, uh, they've made situations worse in their life. But let me tell you something. They are coming back. Amen? They are coming back to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? I'm believing that. The scripture talks about how you can store up mercy for your children and for your generations to come. 23 years after King David died, King Solomon was on the throne. He was making poor decisions. He married foreign wives and, and started worshiping the foreign wives' idol. And he knew better, but he had let his guard down. We don't hear much, really, about him after that. But in 1 Kings, God says, I should take this kingdom. He's saying it to King Solomon. I should take this kingdom from you but I will not do it because of your father David's sake. Praise God. Amen. 305 years after David had died, eight generations, one of his descendants, King Hezekiah, Jerusalem was surrounded by the enemy, and it looked like King Hezekiah was going to be destroyed. Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. But God sent an angel at the last minute, and they destroyed 185,000 soldiers. In a split second, the enemy was defeated. Hezekiah's life was spared. Can you imagine King Hezekiah saying, God, what did I do to have such favor? What did I do to have such protection? God says, it wasn't anything you did, but there was a relative of yours. His name was David, and he started a blessing. 
He stored up mercy. Now 305 years later, you are walking in the blessing and the favor of God. Can you imagine the people that are going to follow you and the people that you touch are going to walk in the blessing and the favor and the power of God because you have started a blessing? Amen. The blessing God deposited in your account will spill over to those who are committed to you, are connected to you. There are people that have some connection to you that are being and going to be blessed because you have started a blessing. You are honoring God. God sees you helping. God sees you encouraging. God sees you there. God sees your heart. It will spill over to your kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and those that you touch. People in your life will be born with a blessing will be born with mercy, will be born with an advantage because you're a giver, because you're faithful, because you showed mercy. I think of, uh, it was just about three weeks ago, Holly and I were in Arizona. Our grandson was turning 15. And so they decided, uh, our daughter and son-in-law, we're going to take him out to eat, and he chose the restaurant, and and so uh, Holly and I and, and uh, the grandkids and our daughter and son-in-law, we walk into this restaurant and we're being seated. And this young man comes up to my son-in-law and he says, do you remember me? And our son-in-law says, no, I, I, I really don't. And, and he says, uh, two years ago, we were homeless, our whole family, sleeping in a car. And you and your wife and your kids came down and you gave us blankets. You gave us hats and gloves. You gave us uh, uh, toothpaste and toothbrushes and so forth. And you gave us some money. That was such a blessing to us. And today we all have jobs. We have an apartment now we live in. And he says, now we can bless others. So there's little things that you don't even know you're doing, but you're, what you're doing is you're starting a blessing in people's lives. How many times do I look back and I say, thank you, Dad? Or I say, thank you, Mom? Or right here in the church, I look up into uh, the sound room upstairs and I can say, thank you, Hugh Bristol, for introducing me to Jesus Christ. That was... 40-some years ago. Because of him, he has put me on a path that has taken me further down the road. Some of you have put people on a path that have taken them further down the road because you've started a blessing. I say thank you. I have a lot of people, people that have put things into my account that I had nothing to do with. But I want to make sure that I keep that blessing going and make sure that you keep that blessing going. I'm not going to take the easy way out. Just checking to make sure. <laughs> I'm not going to live selfishly. I'm not going to be average. By the grace of God, I want to be exceptional. Each of us need to be. 
I want to believe big. I want to take bold steps. I want to live my life in such a way that the generations after me will, will be able to say that I'm better off because of dad or I'm better off because of grandpa or great-grandpa or I'm better off because of Pastor Stephen Hawley. I want them to say he was a giver. I want them to say that he's faithful. I want them to say he set new standards. This should encourage us to not to settle for pettiness and not to settle for bitterness and temptation. Start a blessing. Let it be passed down. God is counting on you. The scripture says Isaac's wife was very dishonest. He had a son, Jacob, dress up like Esau and, and trick Isaac, his father, and deceive her husband to get her way. Jacob turned out to be just like her. He was deceptive. He was dishonest. He tricked his brother out of the birthright. Jacob's uncle that he worked for was, had the same problem. He deceived Jacob. There was a spirit of deception going on. And that kept being passed on from generation to generation. And it will continue until someone decides to start a blessing. Jacob finally came to a point in his life and he was tired of living in deception. He was tired of, of lying throughout his life. He wanted to make things right, so he went down to this brook and he got alone with God. And that night an angel came and wrestled with him and the angel said, Jacob, I'm changing your name. You will no longer be Jacob, which means deceiver. I'm changing it to Israel, prince of God. Jacob left, or Esau left with a new attitude, a new passion to do things right. He needed to ask his brother Esau for forgiveness. Jacob had stolen his birthright. They had been estranged for years and actually Jacob had to flee from Esau because his brother was so angry. Now, years later, Jacob wants to return home, but the only way for him to return home is to go through the land that is owned by Esau. So Jacob decides to send some of his men with gifts to Esau, asking Esau, well, will you meet with me? And Esau agreed and, and said, yes, I, 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 will, I will meet with you. So they set it up the meeting, and as they're coming together, Esau has 400 men. Jacob would see, see this happening, and he sees Esau coming and with all of his men, and Jacob's, Jacob's like, boy, I'm going to meet my brother that I deceived. I'm going to meet my brother that I stole his birthright. I stole his inheritance. And when you think about birthright, you don't think much. But when you talk about inheritance, when, your when somebody in your family dies and, and someone steals the portion that you were going to get in your inheritance, you wouldn't be too happy, would you? I don't think so. So you can imagine Esau, who was supposed to be the blessed one, got stolen from him, 
And I'm sure Jacob's adrenaline is like flowing. He's nervous. He's uh, on edge. How was Esau going to respond? Jacob thought, man, one thing is I better protect my family. So he sent his family off to the side, including his son, young son, Joseph. And as a little boy, Joseph, I'm sure, was watching all this drama, all this play out before him. And most likely he had heard stories about how, how his father had cheated his uncle Esau how they had not spoken for years. Can you imagine how fearful little Joseph was at that time? When Esau was a few hundred yards away, Jacob bowed seven times down before him in humility. Esau all of a sudden took off running towards Jacob, and, and Jacob's like thought, I'm done. I, I'm finished but when Esau got to Jacob, he grabbed Jacob and he hugged him and he threw his arms around him and, and kissed him and they both began to weep. Can you imagine Esau as he's doing this, he's looking over and he sees all these people that Jacob had said go off to the side. And he says, Esau says, who are all those people? And Jacob says, that's my family. And Esau said, who's that little boy? Says, that's your nephew, Joseph. You have seen Esau. You can see him going over and picking up little Joseph and giving him a hug and saying, you're special. When Jake, what Jacob thought was going to be something terrible turned out to be a show of kindness and mercy. Now, fast forward a few years. Little Joseph now is a growing man. He has been betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, falsely accused and put in prison. After 13 years, he was vindicated and became the prime minister of Egypt. A great famine came on the land, and because of his wisdom, Egypt had all this extra food. They had plenty. One day, Joseph's brothers showed up at the palace looking for food. The same brothers who had thrown him in the pit, Joseph walked out to meet them. They didn't recognize him. They hadn't seen him for years. The brothers bowed down out of respect, not as, as a brother, but out of respect of, of being in the palace. Suddenly, Joseph had a flashback. When he saw as a little boy, seeing his father Jacob bow down to his uncle Esau. The same scenario now is being played out, but now he isn't that little boy. He remembers how Esau had mercy on his father. How Esau had showed love and respect for his father. Joseph looked at his brothers and he could have gotten revenge. But he treated his brothers like Esau treated his father. The scripture, the scripture says that he threw his arms around his brothers, embracing them and kissing them. Now notice what God has passed down. Mercy, kindness, 
and forgiveness. If Esau had tried to get even, had tried to pay back, this whole scene would be totally different. If he had passed down bitterness, if he had passed down anger, deceit, I believe that's how Joseph would have responded. It would have passed down generation to generation. What made the difference was that Esau started a blessing. Esau said, I'm not going to live angry. I'm not going to live offended. I'm not looking for payback. I'm going to show mercy. I'm going to model mercy and I'm going to model love and I'm going to model kindness and forgiveness. You might have a good reason, any one of you, to live angry, to live offended, to live dysfunctional because someone did you wrong. You could be an Esau. The decisions you make will affect generations to come. God just needs someone to start a blessing. So God needs someone to start forgiveness, to start freedom, to start excellence. Why not you and I? Why not you and I? You wouldn't be hearing, I believe, you wouldn't be hearing this message unless God wanted you to start a blessing. I don't believe things just happen. Let's start passing down good things in life. Like Abraham, starting passing down generosity, making it easier for those who will follow. Like Esau, breaking any generational curse, let's start a generational blessing. If you will do this, the generations that will follow you will go further and accomplish more. They will be more likely to succeed. Those that follow you will have an advantage. They will be born with a blessing because of your faithfulness. They will go further and accomplish more because of who you are, because you started a blessing. They will be all that they were created to be in Jesus' name. Amen. If you receive this, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the opportunity you've given me and my family, my wife Holly, the opportunity to stand before and to walk in the struggles, the blessings, the future. There's so much that we're thankful for. So much we're blessed because of those who have went before us. And may today, if someone says, you know, I need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll say, today is the day that I need to accept Jesus Christ. If that's you today, all you have to do is say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me. Allow me to now follow you and serve you. May you become Lord of my life. May you help me to start a blessing, to change directions in the life that I've been leading.
And now you're giving me hope. You're giving me a promise. But not only that, but those that will follow me will walk in the blessings that you have started in me. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you.